get inside um, really quick because um, they're going to start rioting. And they knew that it was when, pretty much when the riot would start because uh, there was a soccer game on. And they, they, <laughs> they love soccer. Um, but pretty much um, immediately after the soccer game, they started dragging everything into the street. Yeah. They watched the soccer game first. Um, and then start dragging stuff into the streets. And what they do is they shut the streets down. You can't get anywhere um, and just set stuff on fire and uh, tires and just anything that they can get, they, they'll set it on fire. Um, we actually did go to church that night, kind of some back out. Everything in Haiti of where we have been, all the houses have like 10-foot walls built around them. Um, now at the top, they'll have, they'll, they, they make concrete bricks there they, they make them right there you can see them along the road so they make them and they sell them but if you own a piece of property or you will build a wall around it to protect it so it's just literally just wall after wall after wall after wall after wall completely but they'll put uh glass pop bottles you can you one of our favorite things in haiti is you can buy um coca-cola um in glass bottles and they'll put ice on it and they'll Pour salt on the ice to makes it makes it colder. You can buy you can buy that. It's, it's obviously wonderful to have something cold to drink. Um, but they'll put those glass pop bottles in at the top of the wall and they'll break them off so it makes a sharp edge. And then they'll even put barbed wire around that to you know to secure it so that no one can you know it makes it difficult for people to to get in to break in. Um, so we, we we go to church and they started doing that. Um, and then we came back to the, say, the compound that we were staying at. There were some other people that were staying there with us um, that were a Haitian group of people that actually live in uh, Tampa, around the Tampa area, but they go back on missions over there. And I think there was like five women and a, a couple of guys, but very godly people, very just wonderful, wonderful people. And, you know, they were praying about it, um, and we pretty much knew at that point, um, we were trying to get the, the pastor who does all of our stuff, says, hey, um, we're going to get you out as fast as we can. First time we have a chance to get you on a plane, we're going to get you out of here because um, it's getting really bad. And they they were rioting. Um, we, we truly, we truly felt your prayers, and, and I say that because I was never scared or nervous um there i i I don't know i we heard i was trying to ask you know hundreds of gunshots i mean just there are people just shooting their guns in the air um you could hear them yelling and screaming and all that stuff and of course you could see the smoke um from where they'd set something on fire one time in the middle of the night i think one of their a car exploded i think because there was a big explosion we don't really know what that was but um we, we felt very, very safe. Um, and I do believe that that was from the prayers. I, we hadn't really told too many, I guess, I didn't want to my mother or my kids to be scared while we were gone. So, but, you know, I guess you could get to see it on the news, I guess, and you could kind of figure it out. But we definitely, I knew that, that people were praying for us because we were never, never scared at all. Um, we always had security. The, the only time there was ever anything, someone did come to peek over our wall, and we don't know what that was about. And um, our security guard, who's just a 
just he dressed normal, you know, normal clothes. Um, he he has a, a pistol on him, you know, and he starts walking around, handing his pistol back and forth from one hand to the other, and I'm like, this I don't I don't know if this guy's can I I really I thought I was hoping he would let me have the gun. I felt I felt I could do better than him. Um, but uh, so this is funny. Um, so. Uh, whatever day it was we were leaving on Tuesday, they came and got us very early in the morning so that there wouldn't be many people in the streets. Um, <clears throat> and uh, they tell us, uh, you know, they were trying, there, there's always a communication gap. We're always about 50 to, at very, very best, you're 75% of the conversation that you had with someone, very best. And that's extremely frustrating. And it, it, is, it wears you out where you can't communicate very well. <clears throat> and um, he's telling me that he's got security. And he's like, you know, will you, you have security? Security, you know, he's pointing to this guy who I saw heading. He said, uh, big, uh, more uh, secure, uh, Rambo. You get two, two Rambo. We get you go to the airport. And I said, all right, that's great. So they came and picked us up at the, at the, the deal. What normally would take us probably 45 minutes, 30, 45 minutes, took about 10 because there was no one on the streets, um, which was a blessing. We were so happy to see that. We're always where I am nervous and is when we're out on the streets. There's so many people. It's so crowded there, um, and there's just literally people just packed in. There wasn't anybody in there. We went early in the morning. But uh, we, we really appreciate your prayers, and I've had, you know, many of you say that, you know, you're glad we're back, and we're very glad to be back, um, and that you were praying for us. But we really do. We appreciate your prayers, um, and um, we we felt them. We really did. We appreciate it. Your mother was uh, keeping everybody going along, and just kept kept us praying. And if she was scared, she didn't act like it. She, she do what? She had a peace, and she just kept saying, "We're." We'll just keep doing, we'll just keep praying. And so, anyway, and uh, we had prayer for you. And just, I know that many of you were praying for Jason. And so I just wanted you to, to hear kind of the story. And uh, isn't that great how God, how God helps? All right, we're going to open up the altars. And if anybody would like to come pray tonight, we've got, got several things I want you to pray about. We're going to have uh, kids camp this week. And we're going to be traveling back and forth, and so we just want to pray that everybody's safe there. It's going to be hot, and just pray that the kids will be safe and hot. Uh, also, be praying for Bible school. I mean, yeah, Bible school as we get ready for that. Be praying for Kelsey uh, in that deal. Uh, continue to pray for Kate. Uh, she's doing some more tests tonight or this afternoon, and so be praying for Kate uh, Bryce, she just needs you to lift her up in, in this time. And so we want to, we just want to do that. If you have any needs and would like to come down the altar and pray, if you'd like to be anointed, come, uh, or if you'd just like to pray where you're standing, it's fine, but let's all stand and prepare our hearts as we sing our prayer course. I need the every hour, most gracious Lord, no tender voice like thine can peace afford. I 
say thank you. Thank you for all you do for us. Father, you are everything to us. We sang that song tonight, Lord. The breath that we breathe comes from you. The spark of life comes from you. And Father, we thank you for being especially close to the church this last week. Father, I thank you for working in Jason and Sonny's life, Lord. And and just something that should have been so much worse was so much better than it even normally is. And Father, you worked those things out. And we have no doubt that that you worked that out, and we just thank you and praise you for that. Father, we want to thank you again for being with Travis this week, Lord, and thank you for his testimony this morning. We praise you and thank you for that, Lord. I I pray tonight, Father, that you'd be with the needs that we've mentioned. Father, you know uh, the things our church needs right now. I pray that you would be with our kids this week especially, Lord. I, I pray that you would help them to have listening ears and open hearts, and I pray your presence, Father, upon that place pray that you would anoint uh, Pastor Mark as he, as he preaches this week, Lord. And I pray, Father, that uh, our kids would hear from you and they would just be drawn especially close to you, Father. I pray as we get, come into Bible school, Lord, that you would just anoint that time. Father, we want the presence of God in everything we do, Father, in the, all the time, the games and the, and the uh, snack time and, and story time and pr- memorization time and all the time that we have, Lord. I pray your presence would just be thick upon this place, Lord. Father, I pray that you be with our workers. Uh, your word says that you uh, abide in the heart of those who follow you and, and that your spirit, that's your home. And so, Father, I pray that our workers would come with you in their, in their hearts and, and that you would uh, be here among us through the workers, Lord. I pray, Father, that you be with the needs that we've spoke about, Father. There are so many who, who uh, need prayer right now, and I pray especially tonight for Kate, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would be with her and, and uh, Ronnie there in the hospital. I pray that you be with the doctors as they're trying to figure out exactly uh, what's going on, Father. I pray that you give them clarity, Lord, and I pray that you would uh, just show them exactly uh, the, the way that they need to go and, and, and what needs to happen, Lord. I, I pray, Lord, that you would just heal her. And your word tells us to come and to ask. And so, Father, tonight we ask again. I pray that you would bring healing into her.
Father, I pray that you'd be with Melissa tonight. And Lord, we pray that you would just uh, touch her as well, Lord, and be with the family. And Father, we just need you in everything we do. And I pray tonight, Lord, that you would anoint Pastor Sean as he brings a message tonight. I pray that you would speak through him that we would hear your voice. And we just love you, Father. And we just want to be thankful and grateful for all you do. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. If our ushers will come, we're going to take up our evening offering. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for a time that we have to give back to you. And we just ask that you would use this and bless it and uh, use it for the furtherance of your kingdom. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Sean is going to come and share a word with us this evening.
Pruitt Bunch has got a whole band. That's awesome. I didn't know Bryce was drumming. We need to talk, buddy. Right, Colin? Okay, I just... All right, we better get to this. So, where I've kind of been studying um, has been in Philippians. I've really been studying Paul's letters and, and kind of looking at the parallels of each letter that he writes and, and things like that. And I was really drawn to Philippians and I thought it was very interesting that the Lord really moved in this morning and it's not surprising. We've been talking about this Thanksgiving. And that's actually the, the title of chapter one in Philippians is Thanksgiving. And so it's just neat to see how these things all work together. So tonight, I, I don't have anything on the screen. I'm not, I just felt like I was just supposed to be me and my Bible. And so that's how we're going to do things tonight. I know it's a little bit different than how I usually do, but that's all right. Sometimes we don't need visual. We just need the word. So as I've been reading and studying in Philippians and, and learning about Paul and, and kind of the things that he went through, and he went through stuff, and then God brought him through them, and then he used those things as a testimony, um, it's really been an encouragement to me. Um, you ever notice how the word will be an encouragement right at the right time in your life? You know, so often we look at different things or look to different things to be that encouragement or to be that hope or uh, to be that comfort. Um, but really, when you go to the Word, it's always relevant. It's always right on time. It's always exactly what we need. That's kind of the place where I've been in. Um, I've just been encouraged by Paul's teaching. And so, as I get into this, we're going to be in Philippians chapter 1. And I'm going to read up to verse 6, I think, to start. And we'll see where it goes from there. So, I'm reading from the Amplified. The Amplified is really amplified this encouragement for me. Um, the thing that, and Pastor Brian talks about it a lot, we read in uh, the Amplified. He's actually the one that kind of brought it to my attention when I first came. I think this was the first Bible that they got me, that the church got me, was Amplified Version. And I've always preached from the NIV. But sometimes it's good to look at different versions, and sometimes they speak to you in different ways, and it's just kind of a dynamic of how the gospel works. And what I love about the Amplified, and I don't know why I'm talking about this, but really what it speaks to me is that it seems like it, it really does amplify the message without compromising the scriptures. So you'll see a lot of synonyms that will come along in parentheses along the Amplified. If you're not used to it, if you are, you're like, yes, I know that. Well, I'm just trying to help you. So you'll see a lot of synonyms that'll come along and it'll really help to, to push the message through even deeper. And so that's what I love about it. So if you think that it sounds different than what you're used to, it's because I'm reading from the Amplified and I think it's great. So I'm gonna start off in verse one. I'm gonna read to six. Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Christ Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed, to all the saints, God's people in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace, inner calm and spiritual well-being from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. The interesting thing about Paul is this is pretty much his go-to to start off all of his letters. Wouldn't that be an amazing thing to, to be the start off of a letter that you get? Grace to you and peace, inner calm and spiritual well-being from God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in every remembrance of you, always offering every prayer of mine with joy and with specific requests for all of you, thanking God for your participation and partnership, both your comforting fellowship and gracious contributions. 
in advancing the good news regarding salvation from the first day you heard it until now. And this is, this is where I want you guys to really hear this. I am convinced and confident of this very thing that he who's begun a good work in you will continue to perfect and complete it until the day of Christ Jesus, the time of his return. There's two things we see here. Let me pray. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. God, I pray, God, that it would just speak to us tonight, Lord. God, we're so thankful that it is exactly what we need and the time that we need it, Father, that no matter what other things we look to, God, I, I'm thankful that this word fills us and gives us exactly what we need. So, God, I pray that it would just go forth tonight, God. And, God, we thank you. We're, we're thankful, God, just, just as Paul is. We're so thankful for your word that we, that we have your word to guide us and to fill us and to give us what we need. God, I just pray that we would just have thankful hearts for having your word. And God, I pray that your word would go forward and accomplish its will tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So there's two things that happen right here in verse six. And I hadn't really looked at it like this before. There's a promise and then there's a process. So the promise that we see, I'm convinced and confident of this very thing that he has begun a good work and you will continue to perfect and complete it. So continue, there's a process, and perfect it until the day Christ Jesus and the time of his return. There's the promise. It's very interesting, this process. This process is, is, is our Christian walk. And it comes alive so dynamically in his word in so many different places in, in Paul's teachings and, and, and John talks about it and James talks about it. I mean, it's just all over the place. We see this promise. And, and specifically here, we see that this process takes us to a promise. And the problem we often have with this is we want the promise without going through the process. I know that's been my struggle. I've had that struggle a lot. It's kind of like, I think about it like um, getting on a health kick. Like, uh, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to get into shape. We want the results, but we don't want to put in the work, right? We don't want to go through the process that it takes because the process is, is painful. The process is difficult. But if you want the results, you got to do the work. If you want the promise, you have to be willing to go through the process. So when you say that I'm going to trust you, God, I'm going to give you my entire life, you are forfeiting your goals, your own process, and you're saying, God, I will trust your process. And when you step into that, it's not always easy because we like things the way that we like things. But really God wants to remove that selfishness and and he wants to take control and it's not a dictator kind of thing I mean it is a choice and the free will that he gives us to choose that but it's actually because he loves us so much that he knows we're going to make a mistake if we try to do it our own way he knows better he has these parameters and these borders according to his word that he has to keep us in so that we can be safe so that we can be protected so that we can fulfill the calling that he has for us so we don't really like process see I could just stand up here and preach about the promises of God and they're good. And there is a time for that. And there's a place for that. And I think it probably should always be done. But if I just preached about the promises of God, 
Oh yeah, we'd be encouraged. You'd leave here. You'd just be excited. Man, these are the things that I'm going to get. But as soon as I start talking about the process to get there, it's a little bit of a different tone, isn't it? Ooh, I think I'd rather, can I just have the process and not that? You know, it's like, we're, it's like you're at McDonald's or something and you're ordering something. Yeah, can I get this and this and this? Um, but I don't want onions on this and I don't want pickles on this. No, you don't, you don't get a choice. You don't get to order. You must go through the process to get to the, prom, the promise. Process isn't easy. Process is difficult. But Paul's saying you have to go through the process to get to the promise. We understand promise. We understand this promise. This promise is that Jesus is returning. And that should get us so absolutely excited. That is an unbelievable promise from our Lord that Jesus is coming back. That one day we will see his face. It's unbelievable. It's an amazing promise. We understand the promise. So the process is where it gets a little bit more complicated to comprehend. And there's plenty of parallel passages that talk about different aspects of this process. And so to narrow that down is not really easy in this amount of time for sure. Um, But there's a couple of places that I kind of had to go with it. Um, Let's first go to 1 John 1, 9. And we're going to see how this parallels with what Paul's teaching in Philippians. So 1 John 1, 9 says, If we freely admit that we have sinned and confess our sins, he is faithful and just, true to his own nature and promises, and will forgive our sins and cleanse us continually, continually from all unrighteousness. Or wrongdoing, everything not in conformity with his will and promise. So John says continually, which points to a process. Do you see the correlation? And specifically here, it's about cleansing. Other translations say to purify, it's a purification. So purification is another part of the process. We must be purified. Romans 12 talks about it as well as a renewing of your mind. So this cleansing, this purification, this renewing of your mind, that is a part of the process. One more place. Yeah, let's go there. One more place is James 1, 2, and 3. I know I'm jumping around a lot, but I had a lot more. But this is kind of, yeah, this is good. Okay. James 1, 2, and 3. Consider it nothing but joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you fall into various trials, be assured that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace. He's talking about the process again. So the testing of your faith is also part of the process. James is saying you will be tested through the trials you face and depending on how you react through them, will determine your spiritual maturity. So testing is part of the process. Testing is not easy. This is not easy for me to understand. Because you start getting into those questions like, well, God, do you, am I really supposed to go through this? Am I really supposed to deal with this? But we're seeing that God is showing us that good can come from it. 
man, it stinks. I don't want to go through this. This isn't fun. Testing isn't always fun. But there's growth in it. Let's jump back to Philippians. So as he continues on past verse 6, it's, 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 he wants to feel a certain way for you. I pray that your love will grow. I, I, there are treasures. You'll be filled with the fruit of righteousness. And this just continues on. And then we get into verse 12. And I think that this is so very concrete and important for us to understand about process, especially when we talk about difficulty. Verse 12 says, Now I want you to know, believers, that what has happened to me, this imprisonment that was meant to stop me, has actually served to advance the spread of the good news regarding salvation. He's given his testimony here. Along the process, there will be things that come against us. Circumstances that seem insurmountable. Difficulty that seems impossible to get through. But I absolutely love this testimony and this is what just encourages my heart and I pray that it encourages you. No matter how bad it seems, no matter what it is, it is no match for the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is no match. Death was no match. The grave was no match. God's word and his gospel will go through. Jesus will proclaim. We already have the victory. It's already won. So no matter what comes against you, the gospel is more powerful. The gospel will prevail. No matter how dark the time is, no matter how much imprisonment, no weapon formed against it will ever come against the gospel of Jesus Christ. So no matter how bad it seems, no matter how difficult it is, the gospel of Jesus will prevail. You can take heart in that. Nothing can measure up to the gospel of Jesus. Nothing. As a matter of fact, right here, Paul says that the very thing that was meant to stop it, the very thing that was meant to come up against it, was actually, was actually used to advance the gospel. The very thing. I was listening to this sermon one time, and, and I don't even know if it was a true story or he just made it up. I don't know. It was, it was some big preacher, but he was telling this story about this woman this old woman that lived in a place and she just would, she knew that she lived next to this unbeliever and, he, and it was an atheist and, and, and he said it like he was, an, I mean, the ugliest of the ugliest atheists and she lived right next door and she was an old woman and she knew that and so what she would do, they lived pretty close proximity, she would open her kitchen window every morning and she would just proclaim the goodness of Jesus, just proclaim it, proclaim it, proclaim it. Well, this atheist got to where he would listen to what she would say and he was listening one time and she was asking God, God, I need groceries. I need these specific items. God, I know that you can provide them. I know that you can do this. God, I trust you. I know, I know that you can perform miracles. So this atheist got this really great idea. Well, I'll just go get the stuff and I'll bring it there and then I'll show her, see, God didn't do this, I did. And so the doorbell rings and she goes to the door and the groceries and everything she needed is right there on the front porch. And she goes out to him and she's, yeah, thank you, God. I'm so thankful for that. This is so amazing. And the guy jumps out from the side of the house and he goes, ha, I'm the one that got him for you. And she goes, oh, thank you, Lord. You even, you even sent the devil to deliver it to me. <laughs> Sounds, I don't know if that's true or not, but, but that's kind of what Paul's talking about here, right? 
He's like the very thing, that very thing that can come up against you, God can use that as the source, as the platform to deliver the gospel. That should encourage our hearts because honestly, guys, we go through a lot of struggles and it, it changes so much and it's, it's like, I, I don't even know what to do or where to turn and God's like, listen, this is, this is gonna get through. The power of the gospel is gonna, it's gonna happen. This, this is gonna happen. You just only need to trust and obey. That's it. You trust and obey, and there ain't no other way. Trust and obey. And if we could shift our mindset to realize that our difficult situations can be used actually to serve in furthering the gospel, that all things work together for the good of those who love him, who have called according to his purpose, I believe that we wouldn't focus too much on those difficulties, and we would realize that the promises are so much bigger, and that God's word is so much bigger than anything that can rise against us. Sometimes I think we, we focus on the negativity too much and, and we, it kind of overshadows the fact, which it never should overshadow, the fact that the thankfulness that we have that Pastor Brian's talking about and, and these miracles that have taken place, we allow the little bit of negativity in our life, the little bit of difficulty that might even be a purpose there and a testing there and a part of the process there to overshadow all of the goodness that God has given us. Don't we do that? We kind of have a little self-pity and we wallow in the difficulty and the negativity too much. God has provided us way too many amazing miracles in our lives and blessings in our lives. We should never focus on those little bit of negative things that are never gonna come against the power of the gospel anyway. If we keep our focus on him, if we keep our focus on being thankful and praising the one who is worthy, even in the storm, Man, I think that we would see families transformed. We would see communities transformed. We would, see, we would see the gospel go through with such power and such might. We wouldn't even, I don't even know if revival would be a big enough word. I truly believe that. Sometimes it's really about our mindset and our focus that slows it down. So I just want you to understand through this process we will grow to a place where difficulty no longer defines us and our focus shifts from the fight to the victory. And if we can get into that place and if that can be our focus, I promise you amazing things will happen. And listen, the truth of it is, is the difficulty is not, it may seem like it stinks, but it's really not that bad, especially when you've stepped into a relationship with God because listen, he's in control. He knows best. You're in the best place you can be. So don't let that difficulty define you. Let victory define you. Let what Jesus did on that cross define you. You were good enough to die for because he has a plan and a purpose for your life. He has a plan and a purpose for his church here at MCON and every single aspect of it. And the power of his gospel will prevail no matter what comes against you. Let's pray. Father, I pray that we are encouraged tonight, Lord, by your servant, Paul. God, we thank you for the unbelievable, unexplainable promises that you speak of in your word, God, that you speak into our lives. God, in the blessings, Lord, help us to be thankful for the things that you've provided for us, God. Help us to be thankful even, God, I, I'm not like Paul, but God, I pray that I can get to a place where 
when, the, when it's difficult and when the storms come and, 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 and I feel imprisoned, God, with, with persecution and difficulty, that I can just sing your praises and I can be thankful. I can be thankful even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Lord. God, because you are the one that holds us up. You are the one that, that, that has our lives, Father, and you have it mapped out for us. And so, God, I pray that, Lord, that you would just speak to our hearts in this, in this time, Lord, that you would encourage us to, to know that no matter what we're up against, no matter what no one is up against in this place right now, that the power of your gospel is bigger. God, I pray that we would, we would lean on the truth of your promises, God, and, and, and look forward, God, and not focus on the negativity and not focus on the failures, God, but we would just focus on your unfailing word. Father, I just pray that you would just continue to, to lift up your church here at Imcon. God, I pray for a spirit of unity to come into this place. God, I pray for our focus to remain on you, God. I pray that, 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 that we would be your compassionate church that cares about those in the building and those outside of the building that don't know you, that desperately need to have some kind of hope in their life. God, I pray that you would just set us on fire, God. Lord, with your holy anointing, God, that your spirit would flow through us, God, everywhere that we go. God, that we would take it with us and we would share it with those that are so desperately in need for it. God, I just pray we would be the church you've called us to be in this time and in this season, God, all the way up until the time you come back or you call us home. Father, we love you, God. We, we are so thankful for the unbelievable blessings you've given all of us, God, and the amazing miracles that have taken place, Lord. Help us to all share those in our, our communities and our areas of influence, God, even outside of the church. Let's take them into the workplace and say, oh my goodness, this, this miracle took place, and I, I want to share this with you. God, we love you so much. You are such an amazing Father. Lord, I pray that we would just be who you've called us to be, Lord. We would love you more and love others more. God, we just worship you and praise you. And it's in Jesus' powerful name that we pray. Amen. Okay. You are dismissed. Thank you, guys.